Well, good morning, everyone. So good to have all of you with us today. It's great to be here as a church family. And uh, if you're visiting with us today, uh, thanks for being here. My name is Paul. I'm the lead pastor at Genesis. And as Steve said, we'd love to get to know you. And so don't uh, be afraid to come up after the service or catch us back at the blue tent or something. Uh, We'd love to introduce you to a little bit more of our church family here. You know, outside of sports, I don't watch a ton of TV, or at least I don't have a lot of shows that that I watch faithfully or anything like that. But last spring, uh, when we were all stuck at home, you know, trying to figure out things to do, my kids and I uh, got sucked into this show on the History Channel called Alone. Anybody ever seen uh, this show Alone? A few of you, if you had a few in the last service as well. Uh, The the basic premise is this, all right? They, They take 10 contestants. Uh, drop them off in the wilderness. And for this particular season, it was an area in northern Canada, just above the Arctic Circle. Uh, The contestants were all separated from one another, isolated so that they couldn't bump into each other uh, in any way. Uh, So no contact at all. The objective was survive 100 days with only a few essential items. And if you make it 100 days, you've got this chance of winning $1 million. Now, there's something about survival stories that I enjoy reading about, survival shows like these that I am drawn into. But the truth is that I'd never cut it. Like there is no chance, you know, that I'd ever last in the wilderness. Uh, You know, why? Well, I like warm showers. I I just do. I like clean clothes. I like being able to go to the refrigerator and get food out of it. I'm not going to lie. I like my body pillow. I've got a body pillow I sleep with. It helps my back. I just sleep a lot better because of it. And uh, so there's no chance that I'm going to make it in the wilderness for very long. Well, interestingly, the Bible has a lot to say about the wilderness, and there's at least a couple of reasons for that. One is because there's a lot of wilderness in Israel. I mean, it's mostly dry, difficult terrain. I get to see some of it back in 2017. I went on a study trip with a teacher and 35 people I'd never met before. Uh, We flew into Tel Aviv uh, just to look at a map that Steve was showing us last week. I don't know if you know your geography at all or not, but Jerusalem here in the, the center of Israel Tel Aviv, which isn't shown on this map, is in between Jerusalem and the Mediterranean Sea here. So it's a really modern city. We flew into Tel Aviv. We spent a day uh, in that portion of central Israel. And then we got on a bus. And we just started heading south. And the longer we traveled, the more and more the landscape began to change. And I just remember this this moment of of taking a picture out of the bus thinking, like, we are a long ways from Noblesville. All right? Things have definitely changed. And after several hours of driving through it, we finally ended up all of the way down here in a place called Timna. And Timna is not shown on the map, but it's just north of a lot. This body of water here is the Gulf of Aqaba, which is connected to the Red Sea in the far south. Last week, Steve was describing some of the journey of the Israelites. The most accepted location for Mount Sinai is number four here, way down in the southern portion of the Sinai Peninsula. We were as far in Israel as you could get to the south. So right on the edge of the Sinai Peninsula, not too far from Jordan, not too far from Saudi Arabia and Egypt. Again, this is the terrain that Moses and the people uh, spent time in, lived in each day for almost 40 years. Well, we eventually got off the bus uh, down here in Timna. We did some hiking for several hours through different valleys and canyons, all leading to these different interest points. And it was like 110 degrees that day. I mean, it was, it was a 
exhilarating and exhausting all at the same time. And I'll never forget it. I'll never forget that day in the wilderness. And not just because of the heat or how beautiful the wilderness can really be, but also because of something that our teacher said to us when we all got back on the bus together at the end of the day. He said something like this. He said, there's a reason why we went all, why we went all out of this way all right, to experience the wilderness in the heat of the day, even for an afternoon. And true, he said, yes, there is a lot of wilderness uh, in Israel, but something else. And here's what he said. He said, so much of the biblical narrative, so much of the biblical story that we read, that you've been reading, is lived out in the wilderness. You got to get a picture of the wilderness. And, and if you think about it, just think about some of the things you've read over the last couple of months. I mean, Abraham and Sarah lived in it. Uh, Moses and the Israelites, they endured it. David was there. Elijah escaped to it. Even Jesus spent significant time in the wilderness. And why does that matter? Well, true, our teacher, he took us to the wilderness so that we'd never read the Bible again ever the same. That we'd always have these mental pictures, this feeling of the sun on your skin as we're reading about things like the wilderness. But we also, there was something else. He, he said to us, he says, we spent time in the wilderness so that we'd better understand that when we go through wilderness seasons of life, experiences of our own, we might remember that we're not alone, that everyone goes through the wilderness. Uh, since the beginning of time, I mean, we all go through these wilderness experiences. There's this great book uh, written called A Praying Life. Some of you have read this before. Paul Miller, he, he says this about the wilderness in there. He says, God takes everyone he loves through the desert or through the wilderness. God takes everyone he loves through the desert or the wilderness. Now, I'm not going to try and stand here and convince you that I get that. You know, that I completely understand what that means and why. I'm not going to tell you that I ever wish for that or look forward to that by any means. But the fact is that we all go through the wilderness uh, so much that some of you are in one right now. You've you got a wilderness uh, of your own. Uh, and maybe for you, I mean, maybe you've got a marriage um, that, that's struggling. You're going through some difficult times with, with your spouse, working through some tough stuff. Like your marriage right now is, well, it's a lot like your wilderness. Uh, maybe, maybe it's cancer or another disease and, and whether it's your life or maybe in the life of someone that you love, someone you love deeply, it could be all the stress and the anxiety from this past year. I mean, maybe you've been struggling with things like depression or struggling with things like fear and maybe you're just, well, maybe you're just frustrated with God. Uh, maybe you're angry with him, disappointed by some things that you've lost, uh, you feel abandoned by him. I mean, we all end up in the wilderness and we end up there for all sorts of different reasons. I mean, sometimes when you think about it, like sometimes we go through the wilderness as a result of the decisions that we make, you know, and the consequences that result from them. I mean, sometimes we get there because of the poor decisions and consequences of people that are in our lives, you know, that we're doing life with, people that live in our very own home. And sometimes we just end up in the wilderness for no reason at all. And the only thing you can chalk it up to is just this fact that we live in a broken world and, well, this broken world has consequences. Here's the thing, whether you call yourself a Christian or not, whether you call yourself a church person or not, I, I think we all know what the wilderness is like. I think we've all been there. And if you're not there right now, I mean, chances are you're going to end up in it or through it at some point. Today, this morning, I want to talk with you about how we relate to God when we go through the wilderness and also the hope that we have in Jesus Christ, our Savior, the one that we've been singing about today, a hope that has the potential to carry us through the wilderness and even out of the wilderness to something better on the other side. 
All right, so if you've got a Bible, I want to invite you to take it and turn to Psalm 42 with us. Uh, Psalm 42, Psalms are right in the middle. So even if you just do the magical thing and just try and find the middle, chances are you'll end up pretty close. But Psalm 42, I want to look at that together. Let me pray, though, uh, before we read that. God, we thank you for this time of worship and uh, this time of teaching, Lord. We thank you for your word, and we thank you for your presence here with us today. God, we are leaning on you and trusting you. You know every life. You know every heart. You know every story. You know all of our fears and concerns, Lord. We give them all to you today. And we open up our minds and we ask that you would speak to us. And I pray that even for someone here today, maybe more than one, uh, that they will have a special encounter with you this morning, something from your word that will change us, that will give us hope. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Psalm 42, let me read it for you, and then we'll walk through these verses uh, one at a time together. Here's what we read. Psalm 42 goes like this. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where, when can I go meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night. While men say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go with the multitude, leading the procession to the house of God with shouts of joy and thanksgiving among the festive throng. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of the Jordan, the heights of Hermon, from Mount Mazar. The deep calls to deep and the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. By day, the Lord directs his love. All night and at night, his song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. In case you're new with us, We've been reading together uh, through the Bible uh, on our own and here in our services as well. And our goal is to get through the entire Bible this year. And if you have been following along, if you've been reading with us, you've been reading about Moses and the Israelites and all of their craziness and dysfunction uh, for a little bit now these past few weeks. And chances are you finished up the book of Numbers this morning, all right? Another milestone as we head into Deuteronomy. Well, every day there's also one assigned psalm reading. And the psalms include many great examples of people that are pouring out their hearts to God in so many different seasons of life. I, I want to switch gears today. Uh, we've been looking at some of that biblical narrative together. We're going to get back to that uh, here soon. But I want to look at one of the Psalms with you today, a Psalm that you would have read a little over a week ago, and it's Psalm 42. And I'm excited to look at this Psalm as I believe it has something very special to teach us again about how we relate to God in the wilderness as well as the hope that we have in Jesus. Now, some scholars, many 
many scholars believe that David wrote this psalm. But you need to know others say that we can't be for sure. We don't, we don't know for sure that this is indeed David. And by the way, when really smart people can't agree over things like that, I never know which way to turn, all right? And so in this case, I think it sounds a lot like David. I don't think it really matters too much who wrote it, but we're going to say that it's David. And so I'm going to talk that way this morning. But if you don't know much about David, he's an important person in the Bible. We're going to read about him more this spring. And the, uh, he was the second king of Israel. The Bible says that he was a man after God's own heart, and he wasn't perfect, but God used him in tremendous ways. And like so many others that we see in the Bible, David spent a lot of time both in a literal and kind of a spiritual wilderness. And his words, like those words here in Psalm 42, they've got a lot to teach us about how we pray, how we grow, where we find our hope, and how we cling to that hope so that we can live through the wilderness and really emerge from it. All right, again, not ruined, but transformed by God along the way. So let's walk through the verses of this psalm for a few minutes, uh, and then I want to give you a few thoughts to reflect on uh, before we wrap up. But again, Psalm 42, beginning in verse 1, here's what we read. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? Now, take note that this prayer, likely the prayer of David, reminds us that he's in crisis, all right? He's struggling. He's suffering, struggling in his faith. He's overwhelmed by the circumstances of his life. And he pictures a deer, all right? And, and maybe something that looks like this. Here's a, a picture of, well, not really a deer, but they're actually ibex. And so whenever you read about deer in the Bible, you're typically reading about the ibex, uh, which were animals like deer that were found in the wilderness. And what does David notice about the ibex, which he compares to the situation that he's in? Well, the ibex is struggling. He notes that the ibex is panting. It's desperate for water. My wife Jenny and I trained for a marathon a couple of years ago, and our 20-week training plan started in the middle of the summer, which meant a number of miserable days, all right, running in the heat. And I'll never forget this one day. We were a little bit into our plan. We were out on a 15-mile training run, all right? We were out on the Monon. We had gone about 10. We still had five to go, but I was done. I mean, I seriously, I checked out. I could take you to the place on the Monon where I sat down and laid down on the ground and I quit. I just quit running. I'm like, I agree with everybody else. Running is stupid. All right. I quit our marathon training plan. Now, thankfully, I only quit for a few days. All right. Because we found this book called How to Run a Marathon When You're in Your 40s. And I don't know, I guess I just forget sometimes that I'm 45, you know, that I'm not like 25 anymore or anything like that. And one of the things that I found in looking that this book was that it talks a lot about the importance of hydration, all right? And hydration is important for anyone, especially if you're, you're exercising, but it's especially important as you get older that you can't wait until you're thirsty, that you have to hydrate. You got to be hydrating even before you get thirsty because if you wait till you're thirsty, it's too late, all right? You've waited too long. And so you got to hydrate all along the way. If you've ever been desperate for water before, whether it's when you're exercising or what, like you know what a relief it is when you're finally able to take a drink. And if you've ever gone through something like a wilderness experience in your life, you, you probably know what this spiritual thirst is like too that David is trying to get at here. David says, look at those words, my soul thirsts for God. Like he understood that God was his source of life. He understood that God was his source of satisfaction and refreshment. And for some reason, he feels like it's been cut off, that it's been reduced. He's lost this sense of being close to God. And so he's struggling because of it. Verse 3, 
My tears have been my food day and night, while people say to me all day long, where is your God? Let those words sink in for just a second. My tears have been my food day and night. For some of you, that might describe where you are right now. Because David isn't just talking about a bad day. He's talking about a long, difficult stretch of life, a season that consumes every part of who you are. It consumes all of your thoughts. You know, you can't think about anything else. You can't seem to, to break free. You've cried more than you've ever cried before. You feel paralyzed because of fear and the fear and the possibilities of what could happen next. And it sounds like David had some critics too. Did you see that? Like, I don't know if these people are close to him or not, ridiculing him for his faith. All right, it could also be the voices in his head. You ever struggle with those? I do. They'll get you down. They'll take you out. The questions, do I have what it takes? Am I going to make, make it? Have I, have I messed up too greatly? We start believing the lies that the evil one throws at us. Verse 4, these things I remember as I pour out my soul how I used to go to the houses of God under the, or the house of God under the protection of the mighty one with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. I think that's it. Yep. If this is David, again, we know enough about his life to know that he'd endured a lot of challenges, a lot of difficult times. And, and unfortunately, David brought some of this upon himself. Now, notice how he's reflecting, all right? He's, he's pouring out a soul to God, but also looking back to better days. He's looking back to some better times with God. Specifically, I remember the joys of going to the temple to be with God. That was important for David. And notice how he's also thinking back how it was special to go with others to the temple so that they could worship God together. I think we, or at least most of us, can probably relate with something like that. I mean, I know that I can because it's been almost a year now when the news of COVID coming to the state of Indiana started breaking. I'll never forget that Thursday afternoon. Everything was closing. You know, we made the decision to cancel in-person worship services. We thought we'd be back up and running in just a few weeks. Little did we realize we'd still be navigating this almost a year later. And I don't know what it was like for you, but that separation for those few months from our church family was really hard for me. Uh, it was hard for, for my family. I know it was hard for you. And um, I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for our team and our staff that worked really hard during that time. I'm thankful for great volunteers. Uh, I'm grateful for your generosity that enabled us to get the equipment that we need to get online so that we could broadcast worship services. And uh, together through that, at least for a season, we could worship together as a church family. And I'm thankful that we can continue doing that. Some of you have participated in these things. We've got people that aren't ready to come back yet. We've got people that probably shouldn't come back just yet. It's helpful when you're traveling or you can't be here during this time. But do you know something? That online experience is never going to replace the importance of being together in person, you know, for a worship time like this. I mean, there's something special. There's something important about being together physically as a church family. Like, there's, there's something special about God's presence in this place and, and worshiping together. And, and along with that, I mean, there's something important about being with other people and getting involved with things like a connection group. And, and not only for you as adults, but getting your kids involved with other kids here that are a part of this church family and students with other students who are a part of this 
his church family. Don't get me wrong. Your church family and worshiping God together is never going to replace your personal relationship with God. But it is important. It is critical. And it's an important part of our faith and really what it means to follow Jesus in this world to be a part of a church family like this one. And David's lost that. He's acknowledging it, that he's missing it, and the separation has contributed to his spiritual thirst. Verse 5, he says, my, Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of the Jordan, the heights of Hermon, from Mount Mazar. You know, there's a lot of honesty here on David's part. Again, he's alone. He's thinking about God. He's reflecting on his life. His hopes, at least for this time, have been shattered. Things aren't going as planned. But I hope you see that in the quietness of his soul, he, he can still say that he trusts God. Like he is choosing to put his hope and trust in God. And so there's tension in his words. I mean, David is struggling. He's thirsty. But at the same time, he's clinging to his faith. He's clinging to the promises of God. And he's preaching to himself. You heard me right. I mean, that's what he's doing here. I mean, he's preaching to himself. He's reminding himself of the promises of God. It's a sign of spiritual maturity. I mean, not that he's preaching, all right? I'm not, I'm not saying that you're spiritually mature if you preach. That's not the point. The point is that there, there's maturity in him. David is drawing from his experiences with God in the past, all right? Especially his understanding of the Word of God to help get him through. I mean, it's kind of like this. There's, there's a reason why it's important to hydrate before you get thirsty. There, there's a reason why runners fuel. There's a reason why athletes fuel with food before they get hungry. There's a reason why you do all the mileage before you run the build, big race. You're, you're building up reserves. Like you're establishing a base for your life. At the same time, there's a reason why you build a strong foundation before you build the rest of the home. Because what did Jesus say? The wise person will build their house on the rock and the foolish person will build their house on the sand. And so David is drawing from his reserves. All right, he's drawing from, from previous time, good practices spent with God, studying the word of God. And it doesn't mean that he didn't need God on the good days of his life, but those words of God, the truth about God is especially important to him right now. And so one of the reasons why we want to get everyone reading through the Bible with us each day is that we all need that base. We all need that foundation, reserves to draw from that are going to better prepare us when we go through difficult times. Verse 7, David writes, Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. Once again, David's just pouring out his heart. He describes his emotions and circumstances, kind of like these waves that are pounding him, that are ready to overcome him. He's calling out to God from a terrifying place. Verse 8, by day the Lord directs his love. At night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? I hope you can appreciate at least that this isn't some tie a pretty bow around it and everything's going to be all right song. I mean, it's not. It's not complete. These are real emotions. David is not and isn't going to be released from the wilderness, at least not yet. And yet there's faith in his word as David prays, God, you are my rock. You are my foundation. But why have you forgotten me? Why would you allow me to go through this? 
And then he completes this with verse 11. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Again, David is talking to himself here. Do that too much and they'll take you somewhere for an evaluation, all right? You've got to be careful. But uh, his words are so important, so important, especially as we think about how to relate to God in the wilderness. Now, this psalm comes to an end. Interesting note here. Many believe that Psalm 42 and Psalm 43 actually used to be one psalm that were eventually separated over time. And so maybe a little homework uh, for today or this week is to spend some time now reading verse 43 as it's a bit of a completion uh, of this thought of these words, again, potentially by David. But at the end of verse 42, as far as we can see, David is still in the middle of his battle. But again, appreciate his faith, not his determination. All right. This isn't a guy that's just psyching himself up to get through another day. No, he's got his eyes on the Lord. His hope is in God. And he doesn't want to be in this position, but he knows from experience. He knows from the promises of God that God is faithful, that the same God he trusted and worshiped in the temple is the same God he can trust and worship even in the wilderness. And one day David believes that his head will be lifted up, that the wilderness will come to an end. But no matter what, his heart and his mind is set on trusting the Lord. I got a great book recommend for you. Uh, for those of you would like to little, go a little deeper on this whole idea of the wilderness and in scripture and how it relates to life, but it's a book called The Land Between. We talked about it here before. Uh, it's about a, a, from a pastor by the name of Jeff Mannion. Great book, great resource that just does a great job of kind of connecting the wilderness to the seasons of life, the experiences that we have. But uh, he's got a lot of great quotes in there. I, I tried to pick one, and I, I love this one where he just says, you know, the wilderness is a necessary passageway that God uses to shape and form us to help us see that He is all we really need. I love those words, necessary passageway. That God's going to use the circumstances and even the consequences of our lives. Like He's going to use the wilderness. If you're in one right now, He, he is able he is willing to use this time in your life. The wilderness is hard, but God can bring good things from it. And even though it may not look like it, even though you may not see it there, like the, the wilderness is and can be fertile ground and that God can bear fruit in it and in us and especially as we come out of it. Here, here's what I'll wrap up to, with today. I uh, Just four kind of observations just to kind of summarize what we're looking at here four things that kind of jumped out at me this week uh, as I was preparing this the first one is this it's okay to not be okay and I know that's kind of cliche I hear it on the radio a lot now but um, I think it applies I think it's true for this and uh, there's honesty in Psalm 42 that really has the potential to set some of you free uh, for maybe the thoughts and the feelings that you've had about yourself, free from the guilt and, and pain that maybe you've experienced. Because some of you are beating yourselves up uh, about your faith and maybe the condition of your faith right now, your frustration even, or your disappointment with God. David's words remind us that it's okay to be real and transparent with God. Like it's okay to pour out your heart to God. Like you can respect and you can fear God and still be very honest with Him. And so I would suggest that for you. I, I would suggest that our willingness to be honest with God has the potential to do more for our faith and more for maybe 
how we pray and will ever prayer. Because pray, prayer is meant to be this honest, open conversation with God where we talk to Him, where we take all of our needs and our concerns before Him. We tell Him what we're feeling. We listen and we wait patiently for His rest and His comfort. And the Bible says that we can cast all of our cares on Him because He cares for us. All right, it was Jesus that said that we should come to him when we're weary, when we're beat up and wounded from life, and that he will help, that he is, he is one that can help us through. And so it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to take your hurt and your pain before God. Don't be afraid to be honest with God in your prayers. Here's something else, and that is get planted in God's word. You know, even in his grief and questions, David kept going back to the Word of God. He kept hanging on the promises of God. And so we're reading through the Bible together this year, but I want this to be so much more than just you or me checking daily boxes, all right, that we've completed our reading. I, I want you to fall in love with God's Word. I want you to fall more deeply in love with the Lord through this because there are so many things that are fighting for your attention and my attention right now. There are so many voices out there in our culture today that are wanting and desiring to influence you, the way you live, the decisions that you make. As followers of Jesus Christ, our primary source of direction is found in the Word of God. It is the Word of God for us as believers and as followers of Jesus. And so as you're reading, as you're spending each time working through your Bible, you know, each day, like take notes. Uh, when, when words, when phrases, when verses catch your attention, write them down somewhere, you know. Highlight them, you know. Put a bookmark there. Memorize them. Put them somewhere where you'll be able to find them and return to them. Again, this year-long event, we're just calling planted. It comes right out of Psalm chapter 1, where the writer says we should be like trees, all right, planted by streams of water where the roots go down so deep and that those streams of water, well, it's like God's word. It, it's his love. It's his promises for us. And so don't let this be a year that you just simply read through the Bible. As great of a task as that is, but let this be the year that you fall more deeply in love with God's word and get planted in it. Here's something else we can take from David in this psalm. I've already alluded to it, but that is don't go through it alone. Um, don't go through the wilderness alone. Don't go through uh, your wilderness alone. You know, one of the things that the pandemic threatens to do is to isolate us from one another. We were already isolated enough uh, before all of this started. I mean, our busyness amongst other things often prevents us from experiencing real and genuine community with others. And so I want to challenge you with something. I want to challenge all of you who called Genesis your church. I want to challenge those of you that maybe been coming for a while, dating for a while, you know, and thinking about whether this is going to be your church or not. I want to challenge you to take another step into community to take a step into the circle a little more so in your involvement here at Genesis. And there are a number of ways that you can do that from, from making weekly worship a priority, being here together as a church family, to getting involved with others, joining something like a connection group, uh, finding a place to serve. You know, here at Genesis is a great way to meet people. It's a great way to use your gifts to help build up this church family, supporting our church as you pray for it, as you give financially towards it. We believe that Jesus Christ is the hope of this world and that the church is his bride. And that means that as Genesis Church, we are to be the hands and feet of Jesus to our community and to the community that God has called us. And so there's something special about you being known. There is something special about you getting uh, to know others. And there's something powerful about being able to lean on your church family, especially when you go through rough times. And before you think, well, I'm doing fine. I got a lot of people 
in my life. I got what I need. Somebody might need you. Somebody might need your story of what God has done and is doing in your life. There's a family that, that might need you uh, in their life. And so don't go through the wilderness alone. And the last thing is this. It's just this reminder that our hope has to be in Christ. Our hope has to be in Jesus. Our, our hope is not in a certain job. Um, our hope is not in a wife or a husband. Our hope not in our kids or a college degree or a vaccine. And that's not me making a judgment about the vaccine. Please don't hear that. No, our hope is in Jesus, no matter what we go through. And the wonderful thing about Jesus is that he understands, that he gets it. Because even though God, he set aside his divinity when he came to this earth as a baby, and he grew up to be a man. And Jesus, we know from the scriptures, lived life the way it was intended to be lived. And because he was fully human, he experienced many of the things that we experience today. And even Jesus went through the wilderness. I mean, just like David, just like the Israelites. You know, the Israelites, you've been reading, they've been, they've been in the wilderness for 40 years. It's no coincidence that Jesus went into the wilderness for 40 days. That's not a coincidence. And he was hungry and thirsty and he was tempted to reject God and fight his own way through, but he didn't. He just kept on trusting all the way to the Garden of Gethsemane and eventually to the cross where he was mocked just as David was mocked. As we see here in Psalm 42, people turned their backs on Jesus. Jesus was thirsty on the cross. He died there and some of the last words that he spoke were, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why do I feel so alone? So he suffered Jesus endured the ultimate wilderness experience. He was crushed. He was crucified. And he died. So that you and I wouldn't have to. And because he went through it, he gets it. And because he went through it, we don't have to go through it alone. And because he was raised to life, we know that the light and momentary pains that we experience today are not going to last forever and that in some crazy way, even the wilderness that we experience today is going to make eternity with Jesus even better and greater. And so the good news is that when you put your hope in Jesus Christ, when you trust him with your life and with your salvation, you get this opportunity to see all of life with new eyes. The Bible says when you surrender your life to Christ, you become a new creation. The old is gone, the new is here, and that he's never going to let us go, and that he's going to be with us each day, and that we belong to him, and that even though we're going to go through the wilderness, and even though you might be in one right now, you can praise him. You can praise him and worship him because he is our savior and he is our God. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the hope that we have in your son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and savior. The life that we have, the life that is offered to every single one of us because of what Christ accomplished on the cross and your resurrection power in and through his life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for words of hope. Thank you for words like these in Psalm 42 today that remind us that there is pain and there are questions, but that you're okay with our honesty, that all of your promises are true and are for us, 
that you've given us one another in addition to Jesus. That together as men and women and students and boys and girls that we can support one another and pray for each other and help one another keep going. But most importantly that our hope is in you. You are our Savior. You are our rock. And we thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.